This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. He left us again. Uh, Pam, so I know, that's all right. I feel abandoned. We'll poke on him yeah, next time issues. he comes in. Yeah. Hey, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times. Wood rot can ruin a deck faster than a pack of termites. It's that's crazy and be really damaging to your home between your and home. You. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, look, if you want to if you want to ask about that, join the conversation with us this morning uh, with your home improvement questions by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. So what would you uh, get into this week, Pam? Well, I want to talk about my health for a minute. <laughs> okay. We talked about tetanus shot at the beginning of the first uh, yesterday. Or yeah, the, the other show. show we did. No, um, I had this lovely Mississippi weather. So, you know, we're hot and then we're cold and then we're hot and then we're windy and so anyway, my sinuses. Well, that's by noon. Yeah, yeah, my sinuses started telling me that they weren't happy with me, and it it culminates with the you know you ever get that squishy sound in your ear because that's the yeah, water yeah, yeah. in your sinuses, and you can literally hear yes. the water running. <laughs> yes. So I started on a Z pack, and if you want to get something done, uh huh, start on a Z pack. That will rev you up quicker. The Z Pack is the is you, the hammer of. You do not go to sleep when you're on a Z Pack, so you could literally work DIY twenty four seven. I got so much done this last week. That's so cool. <laughs> and my sinuses are awesome. I'm feeling so much better. But wow, I wonder I work, if there's a crash at the end of that. I'm I'm assuming I'll sleep all next week. Okay. Whenever okay, I cool. come down, I'm on my last two, so I'm sure there'll be a crash. But, all right. But I've been working on my deck. I love that that's the topic today. And let me go ahead and offer something to our listeners, because I I was like, i got to do a video on this. I think one of the biggest reasons that decks begin to rot Mm -hmm. is improper attachments. Like you'll come on on your deck board, especially if it's Pawpaw that's doing it or you're doing it yourself. Uh Folks just get carried away with those impact drills. (laughs) I just I got to be honest. I think when you guys say when Pawpaw did it, I think I'm starting to be the guy that's Pawpaw. Yeah, Pawpaw. I think I'm Pawpaw. (laughs) And go, Pawpaw, give him a beer and set him loose. Right, and a drill. And a drill. Well, those impact (laughs) drills, I'm trying to remove the deck boards on my deck because they are rotten. Uh-huh. And the reason they are rotten is that when the attachments, when the screws were put in, they used mm-hmm. an impact drill. And when they used the impact drill, they screwed that screw right down through the center of that board. Right. So guess what happens every time it rains? Uh, water goes through. Water gets down in the middle right. of that board and rots it from the inside wow, out. Wow, never, never thought about that. I'm going to do a video on how, you know, the screw is contoured. Right. And it's contoured to stop. At the top. Right. Not in the middle. 
Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, 10 years from now, whenever it rots, or really five years, and you get ready to try to replace that board, uh-huh. you have to get an X-Acto knife and, and cut, cut out. the wood away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut the wood away so that you can get to the screw. Because trying to pull a board out that is screwed in, yeah. they're just not no, even you steroids. You have to destroy. Th- yeah. My, yeah. my Z-Pack didn't help with that. It yeah. took some time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I need to tell you about the plumbing disaster that happened in my in my home. But first... Uh, before I do that, I wanted to talk about this because it's coming up here in a few minutes. Um, the uh, uh, Governor Reeve declared uh, Reeves declared February 14th through 19th spring severe weather preparedness, and um, that that is just just last year, 76 tornadoes were confirmed in Mississippi, 50 of those occurring during the spring alone. May was the most active month of the year last year, with a total of 27 tornadoes. Breaking that month's record of tornadoes since 1950. Wow. Um, reason why I'm saying this, Mississippi Emergency Management Agency is partnering with the uh, National Weather Service and a whole bunch of others. And they're going to be doing a a tornado drill today in about four minutes, to be honest. It's about Are four minutes. Are they going to run the sirens? Yep. And you'll hear them all over the place. Okay. And, you know, yeah. so, so be aware of that when you hear it. And, uh, of course, for those of you listening on Sunday – Cricket or Saturday? <laughs> Saturday cricket. crickets. Yeah, no, nothing going on. Uh, nothing going on. Well, that'll be unusual because if folks don't know about it, because I know every the first of every month, right, right, they run those things. Of course, my dogs start howling. Every dog in the neighborhood starts howling whenever those. Well, things the first start of the month, off. I freak out every moment, and then I have to remember what day is this. Yeah, yeah. on the first at, at noon, we right. run those things. I'm sure other states do that as well. Yes. Uh, well, they'll be hitting that pretty soon here too you know and that's a it's a good time to be thinking about what you're going to do in case of an emergency well you know we're going to go in the house we've had uh some folks on the show here in the past and uh java i forget the name of the company a couple of years ago, we met some folks in Tupelo at who made at the home show who made storm shelters and we we may need to get somebody back on to talk about storm shelters because it's such a big uh, issue, especially here in in Mississippi in the South in general, uh, but a, a a storm shelter in your home, under your home, however you want to do that. Yeah, you can do them, and there's a safe. It's called a safe room, right? Right. Yeah, yeah where they come in and do reinforced walls, mm-hmm. and so well, you just, and they, you know, and some of them where they, you know they'll bury them under your carport, or they'll do. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things to do. Uh, but it is an incredible market. I know when I go to the home shows each year, there's always someone selling safe rooms, tornado rooms, things like that. Um, and, you know, it could be a good investment depending on your home, where you are, you know. Just make sure it's safe. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's you know, in the name, so you're going to well, want that. Oh, yeah. And then I've just seen a lot of them installed incorrectly. Really? So, yeah. Is that something to look for? Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you don't have – think about this, folks. Let's say you've got a safe room in your house, uh-huh. and it's a concrete whatever. Bunker. Bunker. Yeah. And there is no fresh air intake. Right. And you've locked yourself in that room, and a tornado has come and blocked your way to get out. 
And now you're going to suffocate. Now you're going to suffocate. Right. Okay. I get you now. All right. So some things to consider when in installation. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just, we, we look at something and go, oh, that'll be awesome. And right. then you don't think it all the way through. Right. Okay. Um, well, here is the catastrophe that happened at my household this week. So I was upstairs doing whatever. And there's this, there's this particular call. That I hear from my wife. Uh-oh. That I know. I know something's <laughs> up. And it sounds like this. Uh, Jason? <laughs> it, it, that's, the, that's the tone. Uh, Jason? Yeah, yeah. And so I come downstairs, <laughs> and I look, and there's water pouring out of the air vent Oh no! Uh, in my kitchen, you got an air. You got a rainstorm in the well, kitchen that was right under our bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Oh no! You know. So, but I go and I had uh, I had left myself a hole in the wall up there. I'd covered, but I could look quickly at the plumbing and see what was up. Uh, I noticed very quickly that it was the uh, the the supply side, meaning the new water, not the old water. Um, thank gosh. I hate working on old water plumbing, like the, the going out plumbing. Mm-hmm. I hate that stuff. The coming mm-hmm. in is not nearly as difficult. The any is good. The outie is bad. Yeah. And so, so the, the, the good thing was, is that I noticed that the problem was the water coming in and I found it on what I called like the, the manifold behind the shower. Right. It's that little brass thing that, uh, is really the shower diverter thing that, that moves the water hot, cold, all that other jazz. So it's a pressurized line. Yeah. So, um, so I noticed I, I felt the leak. I put my hand in the wall and felt the leak. And I thought, okay, well, that's it. That, that's easy because I can feel it. I can see it. I can take it out. So I did. I took the whole faucet out of my shower. After turning the water off. <laughs> After turning the water off. Turn the water off. Yeah, folks, don't try to do that if you had to turn the water right. off first. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's it it was uh, replacing it, and uh, I thought I was going to just replace the manifold part, just the big brass part that was behind the scenes there that you can't see. Well, when I got to the store, they said, well, we don't sell that particular part, but you get a new one you, when you buy a a faucet, you know, it's it's in the box with a new faucet. So uh, I did that, replaced the entire fixture, and and away we go. Did you have to sweat your lines? Was it copper or did, was it PEX? What, well, how did you do that? Well, here's the fun part. Okay, yeah. so you remember I told you forever ago my house was built in this purgatory period where they use polybutylene, which oh, was this gray piping. Oh, polybutylene. Yes, a terrible, terrible idea, and it's no longer being used. Right, but. Uh, it was uh, the water coming up there was polybutylene, but it, it went to two six inch copper lines. So what I did was I had a pipe cutter mm-hmm. and I cut those copper lines in half mm-hmm. so so that uh, I could take what's called a shark. Yeah. Bite? Yeah, your shark bite on your um, pecs. Right, and, and shark is, is basically, folks, what that is, it's a type of pipe fitting that you can use for dummies. Um, but, you, of course, you had to read your instructions. you got to get it right. you got to clean your copper. You got you know, there's a whole bunch of things you really need to do right. But all you have to do is that if you cut this thing correctly— uh, is simply slide it over your pipe, and all of a sudden you're ready to hook up anything you want. Yeah, and you had to use the. Did you get the special tool 
to to clamp the shark? No, I did not. I did not. What I made did you sure. use? Uh, if you will, I read the instructions, and if you will cut your pipe completely clean, uh, meaning meaning exactly straight, and you do that by using a pipe cutter, which is a little thing that uh, they're only about three bucks. And and you, you put it around the pipe, around the cockpit pipe, and you tighten this little blade in there, and it rolls around and rolls mm-hmm. around, and it cuts it perfect every time. Well, if you take that, clean that side up, you can push it into the shark just like that. It's not pecs. You just push it into the shark. You hear it hit the bottom, you're there. Wow. That's it. Okie dokie. Yeah. So, um, so it was great. So you felt pretty good about yourself at I the did, end of the I day. Did. I, 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 I don't you love I fixed that? It. Yes. Well, I figured, you know what? I'm like, that's at least a three hundred dollar plumbing call right there, not including the the purchase of the uh of the faucet. faucet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I did feel pretty good about that. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Well, uh the number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's time for us to take our first break of the hour, and today we want to hear from you. What projects do you have at your home? Also, we'll talk about wood rot and uh, how it may be affecting your home. If you have a question and want to join the show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hi. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks is out this week. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, Pam, a couple of uh, comments about um, last week's show. Okay, so we've got one. Hey, guys and gal. I was listening to your shellac broadcast over the weekend, so couldn't call in, but wanted to add my two cents. I had the exact same problem in rural Florida vacation home. Uh, uh, The well water there was high in calcium and other dissolved solids and required both a good whole house carbon filtration and water softening system. But that didn't protect the water from sulfur that naturally occurred in the well water but wasn't filtered out. So it always had a smell. This bacteria seemed to love both the heat and the sacrificial anode road in the water uh, rod mm-hmm. in the water heater. Uh, the fact that the softened water that it was softened water made it even worse. I tried a different anode road and uh, road. Why do I keep saying road? <laughs> An rod. Anode road. Rude. Anode road. Anode, anode rod. Anode rod. There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and while it helped, it didn't completely fix the problem. But as mentioned last week. The replacement of the standard anode 
with an electric one made all the difference. Son of a gun. I know. We mentioned I this hope, last week. Yeah, I hope the person that, that called in about that hears this. The electric Somebody's fry. had yeah. success with it. That's great. And he said that the only problem I had was uh, one water heater that had the anode installed, not from the top, but from the bottom. Huh. And uh, there was a, he had a reaction in there that I can't use on the air, but he was right. It was kind of <laughs> dumb. Um, so in that case, I uh, elected to purchase a newer water heater. The plumber relayed that some manufacturers put the anodes in various locations and to look for that when you're buying yours to see if yours is accessible. Uh, you know, his issue was his was on the bottom. So yeah. what happens if you pull it out? It's it going to rain. Right. You're right. going to have a little issue. So, so anyway, uh, love listening to your show, David M. Thanks, David, for sending in. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Right. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Another email we got about uh, last week. A very good show as always. Pam made a comment that she prefers fuses over circuit breakers as the fuse is more reliable. If that is the case, why do fuses go away? All right, that's the first part. Okay, Mm because it's cheaper to make the breaker. Really? Mm -hmm. The fuse is made of glass. Right. It's much more reliable. And when a when the fuse when a when a fuse a glass fuse breaks, Mm -hmm. you got to replace it. Mm-hmm. But when your breaker trips, what do you do? Flip it. <laughs> Go back and tri- yeah. So and that sometimes that's not very safe. It's tripping for a reason. Ah, you know what? That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. But um, um, and they're cheaper. They're just cheaper to make. The breakers are than the fuse. And the fuses in in in. If if, <laughs> if I guess if you're under a certain age and might not have ever seen this, um, homes that had fuses. Uh, a fuse was kind of like a tiny, thick light bulb. Uh, you screw it in and there, and you screw it in like a, like a light bulb um, to a fuse or, or yeah, a fuse box, and um, they blew like uh, light bulbs would blow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But only if there was a surge. Yes. Only if there's a problem. That's why they were so safe. Right. And and people who overuse their power in their homes used to keep boxes of fuses next to the fuse mm-hmm. box because they would blow them. Now, they're a little pricey to buy now. Oh, I, mean, I would think. on the replacements, i tell you something else folks will do. Pawpaw does this. He, he shoves a copper penny in there. What? I know. Isn't that crazy? What does that mean? Okay, no, no do the math there for me. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Yeah, let's take a copper penny and put it in where the fuse goes. What does and, it do? And make Just the connection. Jumps yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah. so you so can run any amount of electricity through it. Incredibly dangerous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do not try that at home. <laughs> wow. You know, my first thought was, if you're putting a penny into a... A fuse box hole, uh-huh. which is horrible. Don't try this at home. Yeah. Um, how do you turn the power off so that you can do well, that? Well, there should be a power switch. You know, there'll be a shut off or something. Yeah, I'd trust that. that. If there I stuck isn't, my finger then in a socket. certainly don't. But see, electric panels in and of themselves um, are designed to protect us. It's our stupidity that gets us in trouble. <laughs> It's our ingenuity and our our we think we know it all that gets us in trouble. Right. So you got to watch out. And and let me say this too: if you're living in an older home, right, 
and we put this in all of our inspections, something that's 30, a component that's 30 years or older mm-hmm. needs to be checked. Right. You know, one of the worst phone calls we get on booking an appointment, mm-hmm. 40 years old, only one owner. Uh-oh. Well, you guess what? That house has never been inspected. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to have prob- a whole bunch of stuff wrong. There could be a mirror. I mean, I'm going to be there all day long. Hey, you know what? I've got a question for you, Miss Inspector Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if I have, uh, let's see, as the inspector, let's say I've got a, like a circuit uh, breaker panel in my home, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure about it. Um, do I call an electrician or do I call an inspector? An electrician. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because now <clears throat> if you've got a friend who's an inspector, I'm sure they'll come over and take a look at it. But um, right. there are specific things. And as we go through the years, the codes change. The reason codes change is because there was a crisis or a catastrophe right. or an accident. Somebody burnt down. Yeah, yeah. Something happened. And so that's why we have come up with all of these new safety things. Right. The problem with older panels is that they weren't built for some of these safety things. Right. When I moved into my home, it's a 1958. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's older than me. Mm-hmm. All right. That's old. Yeah, it's old. And when I got in in about two and a half years, I had an electrician come in and replace my panels. Right. Because the panels were old. And it just as a homeowner and I wasn't even inspecting houses at the time, but I'd been around it enough that I thought I'm going to feel safer with a newer panel. So and when you do that, you have to think about, well, what do I do with older wiring? The mm-hmm. older wiring should be fine as long as it's not aluminum. It should be OK. And you can use that to connect to a newer panel with newer components and some of the safety right. uh, things that go along with that. But I, I'll go back to what I say. And, <clears throat> to, you know, sometimes I feel like. I'm spitting in the wind when I say this, but I just think it's a good idea to have your house inspected every four or five years. I do it. I go to the doctor yeah, every year. Yeah, but you year. get it for free. No, I don't. I pay my inspector to oh, do, do it. Oh, do you? Yes. Yes. I, and, wow. and it's such It's so important to me because I'm living in that house, and there are things that I might necessar- not necessarily see. Uh-huh. And so I will take that report and look at it, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to address this this year. I'm going to do this next year. And those are the things that I will take care right. of. I just think – think about it, folks. You take your car to get the oil changed. Uh-huh. You go to the doctor, you go to the dentist, uh-huh. but you ignore the biggest investment you'll ever make. Wow. That's a good sales pitch. Well, hey, I, mean, I do have I do have a question for you. Sure. Who'd you hire to inspect your house? Oh, yeah, inspect it like a girl, of okay, course. Okay, okay. Just I curious. Mean, yeah, okay. just, you know, if you want to know. Now, if you don't want to know, you can get another inspector. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. All right, let it ride, let it go. <laughs> Uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Of course, the email is fixit101 at mpbonline.org. TJ's on the line in Kosciuszko. What's going on, TJ? Hey, yo, TJ. Are you with me? Maybe not. I hate that because he's going to talk about the penny and the fuse. I know. That's right. He's going to get on to us. Oh, there you are. How are <laughs> yeah. you doing, TJ? 
Yeah, good. You know, Grandpa was a carpenter. He built houses, stores, and banks. He chain smoked camel cigarettes and hammered nails in planks. He was level on the level, shaved each and every board, and voted for Eisenhower because Lincoln won the war. <laughs> so you, 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 you have to remember that now. Very good, TJ. That made I my think day, I'm man. Getting, uh, we're getting y'all some cheesy music for your show, and Felder would be proud. Oh, well, thank you very much, TJ. We'll no, use I... yours for this one. Make sure you have that recorded, Java. Yeah, that's uh, John Prine. Look it up. Grandpa was a carpenter. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Bye. All right. All right. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. Kathleen's on the line in Osaka. What, what are you up to today, Kathleen? You with us, lady? And Jason. I uh, was listening to the show last week. I always do. And y'all y'all were talking about something. And my crazy, crazy air buddy, Timothy from Louisiana, called in. I love that guy. Yep. He says something about the, the shellac and the bugs. Now, I want you to know, I was in my room. With my hand going to the phone, I said, nobody's going to want to listen to this. I knew that. But, you know, who wants to listen to bugs make stuff up? So he comes in. I laugh so hard at myself. But now I have the rest of the story. Those things, when they were made into bricks, were also shipped to New Orleans. And uh, uh, one of the great woodworkers and uh, refinishers, inlay people, you name it, Mr. Milton Kindler, who's passed now, he was excellent, excellent, excellent. He used that stuff himself. Now, I've never known shellac to be anything but yellow. If they have changed that format, showing my age, it's been in the last 20 years. So it could be in other colors, but shellac is made from bug wings, made in the uh, Orient, shipped in bricks, and it was made on the docks of New Orleans. And why it was different shades, which drove most design people nuts, is because when they cooked it, heated it, purified it, whatever they did, on the docks in New Orleans, they uh, had to do it in these big kettles. And the water would get in, maybe a bug of a different flavor come in, or leaves, and it would change the color ever so slightly. Yummy. So... uh, there you go. All you want to know about Paul. There you and go. Kid Timothy, just as they say, his own self. Just groovy. Right, right. <laughs> I laugh so much. Don't have a good day. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Kathleen. Kathleen. Uh, you know, we were talking before uh, we we uh, got into any of these emails. We were talking about wood rot. Oh, and I wanted to talk yeah. to you about this. You mentioned a little bit earlier about things that were attached to a deck that 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 uh contributed to wood rot improper attachments are you when you say an attachment do you mean like the hand railing no i'm talking about the screws that you use to put that deck together so people will take uh an impact drill or just a regular electric drill, mm-hmm. and they will screw in. They'll they'll take it and they'll put so much pressure on that screw to get it started in the right. wood that they can't stop when the when the head of that screw gets to the top of that wood, right. and they'll go down beneath the top side of that wood. Yes. And when you do that, you've created a hole for the rain to get into. 
You know, you're exactly right. And the physics makes all kinds of sense in the world. I just never thought of that. Yeah. And so as a DIY project, now the professionals and they use these guns where they stand up and it's like a foot gun where it kind of pushes over. And those things are designed to stop at the right place. But when you get into a DIY project, you'll think and, you know, it's funny to me, I'll watch some people doing stuff and they think it's kind of a mark of strength push that i got that thing in there well now you've created a hole right so what i do is i have two drills sitting in the same place Uh and my box of screws i will go around and drill i'll do a starter hole with a tiny little drill Uh just a little bit smaller than the head than the that screw is then i'll take my hand and I'll put the screw in and turn it just a little bit, and then I'll take my impact drill. Because now I'm not having to put the force on there to get the screw to go into the wood. I've already created that hole. Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking of myself making the deck at my home, and had I done it that way, I did not. Yeah, and you wouldn't be I as tired at the end of the day because you're not having to use all what you think is strength. And the older I get, the less strength I have. So I'm trying to work smart. Right. <laughs> so I drill my holes. Like, I'm replacing the deck boards um, because they're rotten. And so I'm working them out. And I'm only doing three or four boards a day. Right. I'm not trying. I'm, I'm not in a hurry. Right. You know, I'm just trying to do a little bit at a time, but I'm trying to be smart and get them on there. Another thing I'm doing that folks don't think about is that your framing on your deck will experience some wood rot as well. Yes. The biggest place I see the problem is on the band on the attachment to the house. And what will happen is that that because if it's not. Hang on. Tell me what the band on the attachment to the house is. Let's say that you're you're not going to do a freestanding deck. Okay, you're, you've yeah. got some height on it. I've got. I'm headed to an inspection when we get done, where mm-hmm. I'm going to go look at this particular deck on the house that I'm right. inspecting. So you're going to do what's called it's different names, rim joist, band, whatever. But you're going to take some bolts and attach that to the house. Okay. Okay. Now I okay. follow. Yes. Now you better be attaching it to more than just the brick. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Let me recommend that you attach it to the wood that is behind the brick. Right. Okay. So let's say you get that in. If you don't flash the top of that thing, mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you put your boards on is that the rain's going to come down the side of that house right. and go behind that rim joist. Uh, and oh, over, I see what you're saying. Over, over the years, it will mm-hmm. rot from the backside out. Wow. Because so you'll never see you it. won't even see it until it falls off the house. Wow, that's that's scary. Yeah, so you've got to be careful when you're thinking about because we're building decks outside. I have I've never seen a deck on the inside of a house, but if you're building it outside, you got to think about the rain and the weather and the you know. Then we have added it to the mix here in Mississippi. We get rain, then we get sleet, and you get when right. you get ice that expands. And then contracts, and then it melts, and then the sun comes out. So you get all these different conditions. Right. If you would just think through how to build your deck, another thing I've I've done, this is just a DIY here. Right. Is as I take those deck boards up, I'm Mm -hmm. checking the framing underneath. And so far, my framing's been fine. Right. But what I'm doing is I am taking some stain Mm -hmm. or some, really, it's more of a, it's an oil. Uh, yeah, it's an exterior grade, really thick viscosity. Yeah. And I'm painting the the um, framing as mm-hmm. I go. Right. 
So now when I put... That's interesting. Because think about it. If you've got water that Mm -hmm. goes through those deck boards, where's it going to go? It's going to get on that framing. And if the framing isn't protected, it's going to rot. Man, I got a lot of work to do on my deck. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting here going, oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to yeah. fall apart. Well, I'd love to tell you I knew this on the front end. I'm right. learning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? It's time for uh, another break. When we come back, uh, we are definitely going to talk about that wood rot. Did you know there were different kinds? Like there's brown rot and white white rot and soft rot. and uh, uh, Soft rot. Soft rot. Just for your pleasure. It's time for another break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about that. When is the last time that you uh, got a chance to check around your deck to see if there was any rot? Uh, If you've got some simple DIY items that you may need help with, give us a call. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. You can also listen to the replay on Saturday. So give that a whirl. All right. Uh, we were talking before. I wanted to hit an email here. This one, This one is kind of... Stuck in my head. I'm worried about this person. We have heard scratching in our walls, and I've been plugging every gap I can find. (laughs) It hasn't fixed the issue at all. So I'm wondering if the weep holes are serving as a point of entry for mice. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the weep holes are literally these kind of tiny holes at basically like the base of your bricks about a a couple inches up i think how how does that work pat well in theory Mm -hmm. (laughs) the weep hole is to allow any condensation that gets on the back side of the brick Uh it's going to allow ventilation so that it'll dry up because the brick you know brick is brick is porous but it's the mortar is porous as well and in our climate with our high dew point and humidity mm-hmm. you'll end up with moisture between that and i think it's it's too bad jeff i think it's a quarter of an inch you're supposed to have between the brick veneer and the wood cladding uh, right. behind that well so, he wanted to know if if the weep holes were somewhere that the mice could get through uh, is that what do you think pam can mice get through a weep hole yeah Okay. All right. well, Mice pretty can easy. pretty much get get anywhere they want to go. <laughs> okay. Uh, he says they sell an expensive stainless steel product called Rid of Mice that promises to allow the wall to breathe. Some people recommend steel wool or other metal meshes, but I do want to make sure that moisture can actually escape. Uh, is is it more expensive? Is uh, I'm sorry. Is the more expensive product worth it? Is it you know is it worth it to get the expensive mouse mesh rather than steel wool? Well, I think you should try that and let us know. Right. <laughs> I've never put you know I've never done that, so I, I don't know. 
I, I, I will say this, uh, you know, and, and, and I remember one time I said this on the show and all these people got mad at me, but, but it's truth. I, um, I don't know if there's a way to keep critters out completely. I, I don't from either. They're going in. They're coming, they they coming in. in. The, the only thing I can say is that our home has more than one cat. And we don't see a lot of little critters. I, I don't. Yeah, my, I'm the I'm the same way. You know, I think what we've got to start doing, folks, is learning how to live with these problems instead of eliminate them because they're just. It's gonna. That's just what happens. I just don't know if there's a dwelling that humans can make that mice can't get. That into. you can't get in. <laughs> I'm just not sure yeah. that there is, and especially if you're living around trees and yeah. Yeah. you know if you're. You know, around any woods, we need to have our our critter guy back on here to maybe offer some solutions. Yeah. But you know, there, you could just go all different directions with that. And I don't know that there's an inspection that I do where I don't see trails in the insulation in the right, attic. Right. I mean, when it gets so cold, we probably don't have the problems that they have up north because we've got, what, right. two weeks of cold weather. Right. But that's when I start getting the phone calls and folks are like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I keep uh, talking about this product Jeff brought up. <clears throat> this is a Victor Light. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you can kind of startle them out of wherever it is that they are. Now, if they get in the wall, you're not going to be sticking up. <laughs> That's true. Jeff mentioned this a while back. It was a strobe kind strobe of thing light. that went into the attic mm-hmm. that would kind of spook them off. Yeah. I thought that was genius. Yeah. It pops. You have to have a power source. Uh-huh. And um, I thought about putting it one under my house. I've just never gotten around it because I got the cat. Right. So my, my situation kind of solves itself. But right. Well, um, ooh, this is going to be on you, and I'm going to count on you not to just completely, like, promote your business way way out here. But we have a call on the line. Diane is on the road. She's got a question about inspectors. Diane, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, we can. Go for it. So what happens when an inspector misses something completely major, and what is my recourse on that? So, for instance... We recently purchased a house. We had it inspected, and evidently they didn't turn on all the water at the same time. <laughs> and so, you know, come to find out, we can't fill our bathtub and wash our hands at the same time because there's zero water pressure. And so we're having to, we're stuck replumbing the entire house. Thank goodness we had already brought the house down to the studs anyway. But, like, what is my recourse on this? I mean, this is not something I've had in my budget. You know, it's a good question. Um, Let me answer it a couple of different ways. First of all, when folks have problems with an inspection, you can go back to the inspector, and a lot of us will have a warranty. Some of it, the way the contract is written, is that we would refund uh, the fee of your inspection. Anything above that uh, would be dependent on the issue itself and you do have some recourse you can also file a complaint here in mississippi with the mississippi real estate commission against the inspector i had no idea yes and if it's an older home the thing that that we talk about in older construction and and we run all the water i mean there's so much water running right that inspection if you've got older pipes specifically galvanized then Mm -hmm. your water flow is probably going to be low Really? Just because it's 
galvanized pipes. I mean, they they corrode from the inside out. You don't see what's going on. But that's the number one indicator. Like when we're running the water, if the Mm -hmm. flow is low, then I'm going to look to see if we've got galvanized uh, plumbing somewhere. Uh So specific to your question, Diane, you can go back to the inspector, talk to them about the issue. If you've had a contractor, take a look at it, present them with the cost of what it's going to uh, cost you and then to you know just go that. from there yeah. and then as a last resort if you don't get anywhere with that go to the mississippi real estate commission or whatever state you're in and file a complaint against the inspector for missing something right much. I appreciate that. Sure. You're welcome. Most inspectors want to, you know, I want to make it right. I mean, if I've missed something specifically, right. please call me and talk to me about it, okay. um, which, thank God, is rare because so, we're, we're kind of known for finding everything. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> we're the opposite end. People curse. get mad at us because right. we find it all. <laughs> Blessing and a curse. Okay. Um, uh, One thing I wanted to talk about before we take this call, because I I think it's important. We were talking about wood rot earlier. And I mentioned before the break uh, that there are different kinds of wood rot. This is is all new to me. Um, uh, One of them is called brown rot. And it's weird because now I can see, all right, listen to this, often called dry rot because the surface of the wood appears dry, brown rot, you know, fungi target cellulose in the wood structure. It's something that you've probably seen a lot, but it, it old wood, old you know, wood, old wood mm-hmm. yeah. uh, white rot. If the wood takes on a whitish or yellow shade and feels spongy, it's white rot. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty bad stuff that'll go through your wood very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got soft rot, soft rot, Fungi decompose wood more slowly than brown rot or white rot, but thrive in temperatures too hot and too cold for the other types to survive. I assume we're going to have one or two of those in our listening area. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, found in fallen logs and trees. So you can find this all over the place in the woods, not commonly in houses, Uh, but it can strike a home if the conditions are right. Yeah, and if you'll stay on top of it, the, uh-huh. a, a product you can use, and I recommend this to clients all the time, mm-hmm. is if, and a, one of the main areas that I see wood rot is around wind, not window frames, but well, you do see it there, a door frame on a on a concrete patio on the base, mm-hmm. yep, because you get water runoff from the. Um, roof and it'll hit that concrete and splash up on that wood yep, yep. and so you, uh, you'll you see where people will cut that base out mm-hmm. and then put in new wood mm-hmm. if you can catch it right about the time that it's starting you right. can use a bondo product which is a metal product used on you could talk yep. about this on oh, yeah. cars used it on cars yeah mm-hmm. if you come in with a bondo and bondo that trim at the bottom and mm-hmm. if you're patient with it you can sand that out to where you don't even know it's not wood and then paint it and you won't ever have a problem there again they they should they should rebrand bondo and just call it uh uh handyman's friend or something Uh, i I mean because you can use it on so many things and it's so strong Mm -hmm. timothy's on the line in louisiana he wanted to talk about rot repair also was that something along the lines you were thinking timothy well, uh, no, actually, I, okay. there's a product by Win uh, by Minwax that is very excellent for re- restoring rotted wood. If you don't, if you can't remove the piece, right, 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 um, you can dig out some of the rot and then re- coat it with this stuff, and then it hardens up the, the material, 
and then you come back with a filler material made by Minwax as well that's a two-part epoxy. Uh-huh. And it's much better than Bondo. So is oh, it okay. does it dry is it so it dries uh hard like no, the wood? It, no. It, yes, 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 yes. Okay. It, it's, it's by Minwax, you know. Uh, is it like a, is forever, it man. is it just a brush or is it puttyish? Um, the the part one is the is a clear liquid. Okay, it it, I, it dries really fast. Mm-hmm. It must have very high volatiles in it, you know. Right. Um, but it penetrates really good, and um, so it protects it just, what's gonna what you're putting on top of it. So, do you, yeah, uh, you know? You know can you use this repair. oh can you use this outside and inside timothy oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i'm thinking you know i've oh, got yeah. a i've got a chest in my in my uh bedroom an old chest made long ago cedar you know mm-hmm. chest mm-hmm. well uh back when my beautiful dog was a puppy she loved the corner of this chest oh wow and you know it's it's antique mm-hmm. and i was thinking timothy this might be the thing that i can finally kind of you know, I'm not, I'm not going to repair this because I don't want to mess with the wood. But I would like to, you know, it, it, he doesn't chew on it anymore or anything. I, I, but I want to make it. Kinda... Why don't you cut in fresh? Why don't you cut in some fresh uh, cedar? Cedar. You see, I thought about that, but I was like, oh man, this is you know, two hundred year old cedar. You mm-hmm. know, I mean? you know, so I'll. Uh, I'm thinking about it, too, uh, Timothy. I Thanks for know. the tip on that. I'll, I'll have to look into that product. I well, like the idea of using something and, like know, that. Here's, an, here's another. Here's another product. Get Rot 241. Rot 241. Uh, get Rot. Get Rot 241. Get Rot. G I T R O T. Get okay. Rot 241. 241. And what does that do, uh, Timothy? That is a high. That, that is a penetrating epoxy, um, clear. We use the Smithsonian in doing aircraft restoration. Uh huh. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So, get rock. You know, yeah, get rock 241. All right. Good Thank- stuff. Thank you, Timothy. I appreciate it. By the way, we uh, uh, one of our emails that came last week mentioned, uh, nice to hear from Timothy again. I am curious about his solar setup. I promise, Timothy, we are going to have you on this show for just a Timothy show at some point. Yeah, really. All about right. Timothy. All right. right. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention today, and we've been mentioning it a lot, and it's really coming around a lot. And I, you know, in doing research for this show, I read like all the trade stuff and everything. You know, what what we're looking at, what's the the, the business, the industry, everything else, and the craziest thing that you will always see um, is is the desire to get people to at least just try the trades. Just try. Uh, FamilyHandyMan.com, our favorite site. They made us the top podcast. A great article about something we uh, we talk about often, getting people into the trades, into the construction business, because if, if done right, you can write your own ticket. Yep. Um, the title of the article is Seven Reasons to Consider Going to Trade School. And and I just, I just thought it was brilliant. First of all, number one, trade school is affordable. And if you get in with the right organization, you might even get that trade school paid for, mm-hmm. uh, depending on if you're working for a particular company or something like that. A lot of people will pay for that training. So, um, If you go to jail, it's paid for. Uh, yes. 
<laughs> Didn't we have an article about that? No, yeah, I, I wrote a check for it. About yeah. that. <laughs> um, this is neat, and this is this is real too. Uh, the second thing it mentioned was apprenticeship opportunities. Here's the real reason for that, and any contractor will tell you. You're hired. We'll talk about your skills when you get here. So there's apprenticeship opportunities pretty much anywhere. They they just need hands. So this is a time to, you know, and those kind of things end up being either you might, uh, you know, do cleanup work or whatever. Or if you're an apprenticeship, you know, you get to start uh, working with a journeyman or, you know, something of that nature. So it's it's there's a great way to learn your job is actually doing it and watching someone doing it daily uh flexible learning doesn't have to be uh eight to five during the day you can do this at night uh all ages are welcome we're learning this now uh you know we we talked about a welding program a little bit earlier and it's like yeah anybody's fine as long as you can weld yeah yep. <laughs> um post-grad relocation opportunities i thought this was interesting read a little bit more on that and you know thinking about it if you if you have a very particular skill let's say you're a plumber electrician show me the place in the united states where you can't work there's not a place you can't work if you're someone in the trades there's just you'll always work um and uh earning potential i i know for years people didn't consider that uh but it, it is great earning potential. Well, and you can kind of write your own ticket and yeah. make your own hours. And It's know, a great place for entrepreneurs, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. And there are a lot of people getting into the inspection industry, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my concern is that a lot of folks get into it and they don't understand that the easiest thing you're going to do on a day-to-day basis is inspect the house. Right, right. It's everything else that goes into it that is can be somewhat of a challenge. Well, I promise you, we've said this for years on radio. The easy part's the talky-talky. Yeah. The, you know, the stuff yeah. we do before is all right. It's all the stuff that's behind the scenes. Right. Real quick before uh, we get uh, we have to go, Greg's on the line in Biloxi. Greg, you want to talk about uh, water pressure real quick? Yeah, I, uh, I've had some experience that might benefit the previous caller um, about the water Yeah, we're going to have to be quick. Go for it, Greg. Uh, check any other valve that may be a shutoff valve, like the the meter. Uh-huh. The meter at the street, it may not be open all the way. Ooh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Good quick yep. thing to check. Or if, or if it's a home, that I have a home in Texas where we shut off the water when we leave so that if a pipe burns, it doesn't leak inside the house. Sometimes it doesn't get opened all the way. Right. Okay. Yeah, good thought. Thank you very much. We appreciate it there, uh, Greg. Uh, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Miss Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus, I'm Jason Klein, and, and uh, we'll see Jeff next week. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.